Here we go. Here we go. Welcome to the revolution. Live action. <laughs> Sir, we have restored radio contact. Showtime. Oh, it is open. Are you guys ready for this? Well, we warned you. Jeez, oh, Pete. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. You can't handle the truth. Your voice for over 16 years. The number one outdoor radio show across the country and around the world. Two splendid examples of American manhood. Ladies and gentlemen, the revolution with Jim and Trav is on the air. Presented by Outdoor Channel. Sportsman Channel, World Fishing Network, and My Outdoor TV. This is America. This is the greatest country on earth with the greatest opportunities. Oh, Jimbo Bunny, how was I supposed to know? What didn't you know? Tell us. That I would be near crazy. You know, I like to begin... Every single one of my days listening to inspirational Arnold Schwarzenegger clips. And then <laughs> while, stand, standing in front of the mirror flexing. While I am blaring yes. Britney Spears. That's what I like to do. Amen to that. All right, so we are talking. Can I hear you, buddy? Say something. Hello. Okay, there you go. All right, we're talking the off-season grind on today's show. Yeah, we are. I think COVID-19 has taken over, folks. It is. Uh, Gordon Whittington, he's the editor-in-chief, North America Whitetail Magazine, and charter team member and regular contributor, North America Whitetail TV, on a sportsman channel. He's going to be joining us in literally just a couple minutes, sticking around for a doubleheader. Coming up after him, Jimbo. It is David Morris. He's the host of Techamani Whitehill Nation on Outdoor Channel. Sundays at 2 o'clock Eastern Time. Yeah, we'll wrap things up with Tom Somerville. He is the Super Duty brand manager at Ford Motor Company. He's going to be discussing the all-new uh, Ford Super Duty. <laughs> so that kind of went flat. Uh, Mrs. Bunny, you got a couple tips. You're not going to be sticking around, girl. Oh, I'll see you later, boys. We'll miss you. Wow, you doing okay? Yeah, I'm good. All right, so uh, let's get let's get to Gordon Whittington. This went so well. <laughs> what a special day. What a great accomplishment. Off-season grind is on the revolution with Jim and Trav. They might look cute and cuddly. They are very mean-spirited. Now kicking off a two-parter with Gordon Whittington, editor-in-chief of North American Whitetail and charter team member and regular contributor to North American Whitetail TV on Sportsman Channel. Wednesdays, 8 p.m. Eastern. Brought to you by Yamaha's proven off-road ATVs and side-by-side vehicles. Check them out at YamahaMotorsports.com. This is part one. All right, before you go, Bonnie. Well, I have one brief thing for you. Uh-oh. Really brief. What's up? Montana, grizzly bear population. Uh-oh. You can't hunt them. However, they've decided that you're allowed to shoot them with paintballs to deter them now. Shoot a grizzly bear with paintballs? Paintball? That's just... Them off. I know. Can you imagine that? You or get fairly close. Or you, you can use like the shell blanks, like the shot shell blanks, like cracker shots or something like do you that think, to talk about. Do you think really that's going to encourage stupid people though to go out and find well, grizzly bears? It's still oh, wrong. Yeah. It's still wrong to harass them, but it's supposed to be for farmers and ranchers who need to scare them off. You oh. can shoot them with paintballs. The problem is bears tend to like the taste of the paint. Really? Oh, it's an attractant. Yeah. So, I mean, like, there's well, more the than you know what there's doing? more than one wrong thing that could go. They are trying to manage the farmers and ranchers. Yeah. <laughs> That's what they're doing. I, so, uh, just I think now, he tastes like it's red. Just now being joined by a man that doesn't hunt grizzlies with a paintball gun. <laughs> uh, that is Gordon Whittington, the editor-in-chief North America Whitetail uh, Magazine Charter Team member, regular contributor North America Whitetail TV on Sportsman Channel, Wednesdays, 8 p.m. Eastern Time. That is way too much. I bet his business card has to look like a billboard. <laughs> uh, anyways, Mr. Gordon, how's it going, buddy? It's going great, guys. Yeah, now we're uh, we're talking this week on uh, things to do, prepping for the fall hunt. And of course, we're always looking for new places to go to. What have you got coming up that you know we need to go to? 
you know, the whitetail is well established pretty much everywhere in North America at this point, you know, especially, you know, except for maybe right on the Pacific coast. And so it's not like there are any places that are just really, truly coming online. But in terms of recognition of what their potential is, there's still a lot of people that don't know that um, some of these out-of-the-way places are really pretty good, especially, uh, you know, if you're kind of a do-it-yourself guy. Yeah. So I, I, I look at it like it's a two-part process. Number one, if you're looking for a hot spot, and, you know, then you got to ask yourself exactly what are the parameters that you feel like fit your situation. I mean, some guys are really, you know, mountain hunters. Some guys are swamp guys. Some guys want to take a canoe. Some guys want to walk 12 miles. I mean, you know, so everybody's got a little bit of a different approach to it. But And then some, some habitats in some parts of the country lend themselves more to one than the other, obviously. Yeah. Now, kind of neat, coming up, it's going to be in May, your DIY special. It's a lot about uh, public land self-guided hunts. Uh, but we're kind of breaking down sleeper states for whitetail hunting. We selected five. You guys are coming out with your own list. We have like Mississippi, Oklahoma, Virginia, South Carolina, and Arkansas. Neat thing, uh, number four on our list, Oklahoma. You have 3.9 million acres of accessible public land, around 200,000 uh, resident deer hunters. Success rate for one deer is around 53%. This is amazing, though. The average deer, 66% harvested was three and a half years old an out-of-state tag 375 bucks uh but when you go if you go to your website uh lynn burkhead has that new article out womax uh, 2019 buck in oklahoma set a new record you have a state like oklahoma which has been known for great hunting but i don't think uh mr gordon people understand how amazing it is yeah it really is one of those states that continues to get overlooked, even though it's had a tremendous number of really impressive deer taken, especially in the last few years. Last fall was another great year for top-end bucks. The year before was not quite as good, but the year before that was incredible. I think almost 40 bucks over 200 inches in one state that we know of, and you know a lot of them don't get measured. So that just suddenly gets a, a state on everybody's radar. And the great thing about Oklahoma, I've hunted public land and private land in Oklahoma. And, and, and generally speaking, the western half of the state, that's just because that's where my contacts and, and the open country is that I like to hunt. But there's a huge amount of public land. And there's a place in eastern Oklahoma that one WMA is over 200,000 acres. Wow. And you, you look at that and say, man, if I can't, get lost in there and find a buck and maybe i need to need to stay on the couch you know now the thing is you know we we had them listed uh number five was mississippi and we already talked about oklahoma but as you go down the list i mean virginia south carolina but arkansas is that a real sleeper state yeah, arkansas really is and one of the reasons is arkansas has a tremendous agricultural base if you say Well, the South, you know, just doesn't have the soil fertility. It doesn't have the crops. It doesn't have the genetics like the Midwest does. Well, where does all that topsoil wash down to from Iowa and, Mm -hmm. you know, Minnesota and Illinois and all those places? Some of it ends up in Arkansas and Mississippi and Louisiana. And, you know, those states have got tremendous bottomland fertility. And, you know, fertile soil grows big deer, just like it grows high yields of crops. And so, 
a state like Arkansas that's kind of been under the radar, but believe me, they they produce some of the biggest deer I've ever seen. Well, it's amazing. I had no idea Arkansas has over 4.5 million acres of publicly accessible land. Out of the 300,000 deer hunters last year that hunted there, they had over a 60% success rate with a combined, I think, 74% of bucks taken were over three and a half years old. That is tremendous. I, I had no idea that Arkansas was that hot. Well, it really is. And I wouldn't say that Arkansas has just suddenly become a hot spot because if you look back in some of the early Boone and Crockett record books, some of the, you know, Arkansas fared very well. And, and in the early days, there was some bias based on the fact that certain states had more measures than other states did and thus had a better um, if you will, an inventory of what was being produced and some other states didn't. And, and over time, some other states like in the Midwest caught up to places like Arkansas. But Arkansas was great to start with, had great genetics, again, great habitat. And, you know, it's just one of those places where when you see a nice buck, he might be bigger than nice. He could be world class. You bet. Hey, Gord, we got to take a break. Can you stick around? Because we got a whole lot more to ask you about. You bet. All right. Hey, we're talking with Gord Whittington. He's the editor-in-chief of North American Whitetail and charter team member and regular contributor to North American Whitetail TV on Sportsman's Channel. Wednesdays at 8 o'clock Eastern Time. That's right. Now, the all-new DIY specialist, the June issue, coming out in May, Mr. Gordon. North American Whitetail, such a fantastic uh, issue. I always look forward to every year. Uh, Where can we find you guys online, social media, get a subscription, all good stuff like that, buddy? Well, subscriptions and uh, to read a lot of nice, uh, you know, online content, you could just go to NorthAmericanWhitetail.com, our primary website. Um, I mean, we're on the social platforms as well, Facebook, Instagram, particularly Twitter as well. I mean, you you know, we, we do some YouTube content. So, you know, we're out there if somebody wants to find us. You bet. Hey, that was Gordon Whittington. We'll be right back. Oh, no, by the way, uh, this has been brought to you by Yamaha's proven off-road ATVs and side-by-side vehicles. Hop online, check them out, YamahaMotorsports.com. Now we can go to a break. <laughs> this is The Revolution with Jim and Trav. Stalk us anytime on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, Tumblr, Vimeo, YouTube, Yelp, Foursquare, and always at JimandTrav.com. Stay tuned. The revolution will continue next. Every year, Florida waters lose more grass, more habitat, and more fish. Passionate anglers like Captain Sam Atwell dedicate their lives to protect it all. Here in the Sunshine State, Clean water heroes are taking a stand. I'm Captain Sam Atwell, and this is Florida Sportsman Waterman. Season premiere, Sunday, April 5th at 8.30 a.m., only on Sportsman. Come see the Yamaha XTR line of ATV and side-by-side vehicles designed for conquering extreme terrain at YamahaOutdoors.com today. Proven off-road features include factory-installed worn winch, special edition paint with color-matched wheels, and aggressive terrain tires. The Yamaha XTR line. Realize your adventure today at YamahaOutdoors.com. ATVs are recommended only for use by those age 16 years and older. Yamaha recommends an approved training course. See your dealer or call 1-800-887-2887. ATVs can be hazardous to operate. Always protect the environment and wear your seatbelt, helmet, eye protection, and protective clothing. Read the owner's manual on the product warning labels before operation. 
The Revolution with Jim and Trav is on the air and off-season grind this week. Now, let's get back to Gordon Whittington, Editor-in-Chief of North American Whitetail and Charter Team Member and Regular Contributor to North American Whitetail TV on Sportsman Channel. Wednesdays, 8 p.m. Eastern. Presented by Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, World Fishing Network, and My Outdoor TV. Here's part two. Hey, we're back. We're talking off-season grind on this week's show. And, of course, uh, before the break, we had Gordon Whittington on. He's the editor-in-chief of North American Whitetail Magazine. And charter team member and regular contributor to North American Whitetail TV on Sportsman Channel, Wednesdays, 8 p.m. Eastern Time. All right, so the June issue, North American Whitetails, the DIY special coming out in May. Uh, you know, before the break, Jimbo and I were talking about our kind of five sleeper states, Mississippi, Oklahoma, Virginia, South Carolina, and Arkansas. Can you give us a little scoop, possibly, to pique uh, readers' interest? What are some states you guys are looking at this year? Well, the one thing I would say uh, that has happened over the years in the whitetail world, and it's kind of weird that it has, is that people from you know the eastern half of the country, they tend to drive through the plains uh, to go hunting because they're going out west to hunt something they've not hunted before. They want to hunt antelope, or they want to hunt mule deer, elk, uh, you know, whatever. And they sometimes they try to get through the Great Plains as quickly as they can so they can get to where this other stuff is. Well, in the process, what's happened quite often, and we, we see it with DIY whitetail hunting, frankly, and particularly bow hunting, these guys are in a big rush to go somewhere, and they drive right through the Dakotas, which happen to be some of the better states. In fact, they rank very high in our upcoming feature on, uh, on DIY hotspots, partly because uh, while they don't tend to produce the mega giant super world class deer that maybe you see in Saskatchewan or Nebraska or Iowa somewhere like that, there's a ton of just really impressive handsome bucks in those states, and there's so little cover compared to what a lot of eastern guys are used to that the deer are fairly easy to find. Now, of course, with a bow, you know, just because you can see them doesn't mean you can shoot him, but at least you feel like you're in the game in that open country because you can see game. And when you can see animals and you have a lot of public land, then you feel like, you know, you're an engaged uh, hunter and it's a dynamic hunting style because you can move on deer, you can, uh, you know, set up with decoys, they can see a decoy from a long way, you can rattle, you can call, certainly you can set up in a tree line with a tree stand, a ground blind, whatever, and get yourself in the game pretty quickly out there compared to trying to learn, you know, a giant wilderness back east that's, you know, solid timber and you don't know where to start. So I would say the Dakotas, frankly, are you know, still, even today, something of a sleeper, and yet they're producing a lot of really nice deer. Yeah, Mr. Gordon Whittington, uh, you got to make sure you check out the all-new June issue of North America Whitetail hitting newsstands uh, around May. It's their DIY special. Also, uh, check out North America White Tail TV on Sportsman Channel Wednesdays, 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Now, with everything that's going on, Mr. Gordon, you know, everyone's had a little bit of downtime. I always spend a lot of time on your website. I do with Corona and Lyme. He stays well hydrated is what he does. <laughs> uh, but it's on your website, and you had a great article, and I love this. It's hard to think of a buck ranking number three in Pope and Young record book as being underrated, but... The Randy, and you said it during the break, is it Simonich? Yes, Randy Simonich from northeastern Missouri. Yeah, the Missouri non-typical buck from Randy. Tell us this story. Such a great article. People have to hop on uh, northrecordwhitetail.com and check it out. But it's like one of those things, such a great moment. And I don't think I've ever heard anybody mention this buck. Tell us the story. 
Well, here's the deal, guys. Let's rewind it back to the 1st of October in the year 2000. And, uh, and especially sitting here today, the world seems awfully different 20 years ago uh, from what it is right now. And, yeah. and the white tail world was different too. Um, you know, we, we really, you know, we were all sitting around thinking, oh, one of these days, somebody's going to kill another really huge, gigantic, non-typical with a bow. But, um, you know, nobody, very few people were shooting deer over 250 inches, especially with a bow. And, and that's still a mega giant deer. But, but back then in particular, we, we didn't have near as many on that list as we have today. And so you go back to there and I got a phone call from somebody in Northeastern Missouri around Bowling Green that said, Hey, I've, this guy killed this huge deer here. And I don't even know if he really knows what he's got, but. Uh, I just want you guys to know about it. Well, it sounded like the deer was in the neighborhood of 270 inches. And of course, that even even today is still just a mega deer, you know. And so I literally just traveled up there on a few days' notice. I uh, I, I got the guy, it's Randy Seminich, and just a local guy, and uh, he agreed to you know to to show me what had happened or tell me the story. And so I I went up there, and uh, it was really interesting because he. You know, he knew he'd shot a big deer, but he's such a low-key guy, and he really wasn't a trophy hunter per se. Well, you know, I I saw the deer and immediately said, wow, that is super world-class. And at this time, the world record was, you know, still 279 and 78. That was the Dell Austin buck from Nebraska, you know, even almost 40 years prior to that, shot with a recurve. And so the Mike Beatty buck would not come along for another five weeks after Randy shot his deer. And, of course, what happened then was Mike Beatty's deer got scored at over 300, 304, and then that immediately stole the limelight from Randy (laughs) Simonich, who had just shot this deer after all this long span of nobody killing one that big. So he he goes from being potential number two to, like, five weeks later, well, I'm sorry, it looks like you might be number three. Now, 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 guys, this is a first world problem, okay? I mean, we're, we're, we're not talking about something that's a bad thing if you're Randy Semenich, but it did result in his deer not having a very long window in which to get played up. Uh, we covered it right after that in the magazine, but uh, right after that, here came the Mike Beatty buck, and that's where all the attention went to. So that's why I call the Semenich buck underrated or kind of overlooked whitetail despite the fact that he is just a mega giant five weeks later like (laughs) seriously what is the luck in that yeah well you know we could argue though that he was fortunate that he shot his deer in october and Beatty shot his five weeks later because if that had been reversed He'd have gotten even less. <laughs> That's a good way of looking at it. <laughs> you know? That's it. Hey, we got to leave it right there. We've been talking with Gord Whittington. He's editor-in-chief of North American Whitetail, also a charter team member and regular contributor to North American Whitetail TV on Sportsman's Channel Wednesday nights at 8 o'clock. Now, Mr. Gordon, to get the June issue again coming out in May, your annual DIY special, awesome issue. Uh, to learn more about that, to get it, also North American Whitetail TV, where can we find you guys online? Yeah, uh, NorthAmericanWhitetail.com is, is the go-to spot for any information about our various media products. And uh, certainly people can go to Facebook and, and Twitter and Instagram and YouTube, and we've got more content on there and a lot more links back to the print side of things, as well as television. So. However people want to find us, we we welcome them to join the conversation. You bet. Hey, coming up next is old David Morris 
of Techamani's Whitetail Nation. Uh, this has been presented by Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, World Fishing Network, and My Outdoor TV. Here's a tip from Mrs. Bunny. Mr. Gordon, you're so awesome. God bless you. We love you, buddy. Hey, guys, I appreciate the chance to be on. Hope everybody has a great spring. Mrs. Bunny is here to slap the sh- out of the toilet liquor and to dish some outdoor greatness mrs bunny is presented by outdoor channel sportsman channel world fishing network and my outdoor tv the outdoor cure are you quarantined in your home avoiding outside human contact venturing out into the great outdoors might be just the medicine you need to stay healthy science suggests that vitamin d may strengthen the immune system reduce risk of respiratory infection limit the risk of other viruses like influenza and more during this time the national park service has waived all entrance fees at national parks making it easier and more affordable to enjoy uncrowded outdoor spaces get outdoors but keep your distance from each other unlike that walk of shame last night you won't regret checking out jimandtrav.com archive shows jim's blog trav's take buy or bust mrs bunny and expert advice from our hunting and fishing pros jimandtrav.com stay tuned the revolution will be right back hunting teaches us all Jeff Danker has a deep love of the game. I am so proud, but at the same time, I am so humbled. Experience the wonders of the American outdoors. Fair Chase Hunts, starring everyday people who love the game as much as he does. We're going to cherish this for the rest of our lives. Buck Ventures, season premiere Wednesday, April 1st at 9.30 p.m. Eastern, only on Sportsman. High Mountain Seasonings has all your spring and summer grilling needs. Specifically designed for game and fish, try our 16 different shaker seasonings and look for our new rub line in the large bottles. Don't forget to try our new finishing sauces. Find us on the web at www.himtnjerky.com or look for the Bucking Horse logo at a retailer near you. It's hook set season at Bass Pro Shops and Cabela's. Time to prep, do the research, hit the water, find the perfect spot, and set the hook. Gear up for fishing at Bass Pro Shops and Cabela's with top brands like Johnny Morris Rod and Reels, XPS, and Nitro, along with in-store events and seminars. Your adventure starts here. Shop in-store or online. Hit it, boys. We're doing the off-season grind on today's Revolution with Jim and Trav. Now, let's do another two-parter with David Morris, host of Tecamati Whitetail Nation on Outdoor Channel. Sundays, 2 p.m. Eastern, presented by My Outdoor TV. Stream on your favorite device or download to watch anywhere, anytime. My Outdoor TV at MyOutdoorTV.com. Here's part one. Hey, we're back. We're talking off-season grind on this week's show. Before the break, we had Gord Whittington on. He's the editor-in-chief of North American Whitetail. This guy knows a lot about it. He is the commander-in-chief of writing articles, also appearing on television. Mr. Gordon is a great guy, not as great as Mr. David Morris. He is the host of Tech Monte Whitetail Nation. You have to watch it on Outdoor Channel, Sundays, 2 p.m. Eastern Time. You kind of remind me of John Wayne for some reason, Mr. David, and that is, like, awesome. Burning daylight. <laughs> well, that may be the best compliment anybody's ever paid me. <laughs> start calling I you. Old, I love the Duke, man, I tell you. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. I was going to start American. calling you the Duke. That is awesome. <laughs> now, you know, it's so amazing uh, what's going on right now. A lot of people are in the turkey woods kind of doing that uh, isolation thing. Um, but one thing that has been going on for numerous years 
is hunting leases. A lot of people want to go out there, Mr. David, and they want to get a piece of hunting ground, but they necessarily don't want to buy. And so they come together with a whole bunch of people and, you know, you pitch in. And But the hard thing is, is so much good ground anymore is leased up and it's really difficult to find that. And so if we do want to find our own little sanctuary, our own hunting property, where do we need to begin? What do we need to think of before we even start looking? Jim, one thing I would mention, there was a time when you when you leased a piece of property, you, you leased it based on what it currently had on it. And if, if the property had good deer on it, had good deer hunting on it, then you were in good shape. If it didn't, uh, you were limited in your options to improve it. Management has changed that. So you're able to go into a piece of property now that may not be a great hunting property. It may have been overhunted in the past. It may not, it may not be in a, in a great deer area, but through management, you can turn that around and significantly improve the hunting on a piece of property, which broadens your options on leasing. And a lot of people used to think, well, I, if I want to kill a good deer, I've got to lease a piece of property over here. May, over here may be 200 miles away. But a lot of people now are realizing that if they find something close to home, they can lease it and improve it through management. So I'm a big advocate of management. And that's the case even on small tracks. You can significantly improve your hunting lot on small tracks. So that is one advantage that has expanded the hunting lease option, but it takes effort. There was a time when it took very little effort to lease a piece of property because there was a there was a supply availability. Today, you're right. A lot of the best hunting lands are tied up in leases, and leases are not as easy to come by as they used to be. But if you're willing to put the time and effort in and look both on, for private holdings as well as for commercial timber holdings, then you can generally find a lease. So it's, a, it's really a matter of how bad do you want it. You can find it if you want it bad enough. Yeah. Now, the thing is, going back to your scenario of, you know, you've got this piece of property, say it's an 80-acre plot and uh, trees on it and so forth. There is some open ground, so you could plant some seeds Those in plots. order to, yeah, to, yep. to, to bring the deer in. But is there any particular... Uh, seed that you can plant, any plant that you can plant in order to get them? Is there an aromatic, you know, the deer will no. pick up and smell and, and come your way? No, no, there's no magic plant, and it, and it varies by location. If you're in Wisconsin, for instance, the strategy that you use in Wisconsin for food plots is, may be very different from what you do in South Texas or in South Alabama, for that matter. So where you are, there, there's a there's a right menu of options for anywhere in the United States, unless it's so dry you can't grow anything. But there's a right menu of options. The, the challenge, the key you want on the on a small track food plots, is you want to have the best buffet in town. You want to have the most attractive food sources available in your area. If you do that you increase the number of deer that you will have the opportunity to make a decision on because you're drawing deer from all around. A, a good food plot program, and I'm talking about a fairly significant scale so that you're supplying food for deer and it's, it's very attractive to area deer, you can draw deer quite easily from a half a mile away. 
So what you, you may own 80 acres, but if you set the right table on that 80 acres, you may be attracting deer that at some point in time will be on your property from, let's just say, a thousand acres. So your, your hunting success is no longer based on the deer on 80 acres. Now it's based on the deer on 600 acres, maybe 800 acres. Of course, depending on who your neighbors are, if you're surrounded by all open ag land, that's not the case. You're not going to draw deer from a place that are no deer. But in, in a lot of the places, particularly in the wooded areas, you can have some level of control over a deer population far in excess of what your your numbers of acres would indicate. Yeah, Mr. David Morris, the host of the Tecumonte Whitetail Nation on Outdoor Channel, Sundays, 2 p.m. Eastern Time. Now, let's go back to that 80 acres you were just referencing. You know, you're okay. illustrating your okay. point with that. So we, we buy 80 acres and we sit down and we say, you know what, I'm going to put in a 12-acre food plot. And we work really hard. Uh, we, we get soil tests. We plant the right things. We're spraying yep, for weeds. Yep, we're fertilizing. Yep. Once it matures, the damn thing is mowed off completely in two weeks. That was well, it, that it, that's not beneficial. And so how do we actually go about, Mr. David, figuring out the size of the plot that we need that would be good for the animals and not just like a two, three week and attractant? Yeah, that, that is an excellent question. And it obviously comes from somebody that's had that happen to them because <laughs> once or <most> twice. <laughs> people, <laughs> yeah, mo- most people look at a food plot or think of a food plot as a half acre or an acre loading dock that where the timber company leaves behind an open area where they, they stage your timber and they plant that and they say, well, I planted a food plot and the deer ate it to the ground. Well, they planted something, but it wasn't what I'm talking about. When I talk about a, a nutritional plot that is actually supplying food that has a standing crop in it, 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 you have to have sufficient acreage to feed the number of deer that you're going to be attracting. If you don't, they'll mow it down like a golf green. Yeah. So what is the solution? The solution is to have enough acreage to maintain some level of standing crop so that you, you maintain the attraction, attractiveness of that plot. It is really self-regulating. If the deer are eating it to the ground and you can't get it established, you can't get a standing crop, then you don't have enough acreage to support the number of deer using it. If you have enough acreage, you will have some level of standing crop on that food plot. It is self-regulating. Now, here's where people make a mistake. They own 80 acres. They come in and they plant five acres on it, and they say, man, i got a big five-acre food plot, and so I can feed all the deer on 80 acres. Once again, they're not feeding the deer on 80 acres. They may be feeding the deer on three, four, five, six hundred acres. So the number of deer that are feeding on that food plot have nothing to do with the mathematical number of deer that should be on 80 acres, because that's not what you're feeding. The smaller the, the lease, the smaller the land holdings are, as a general rule, the larger the percentage has to be in food plots in order to supply enough food to maintain a year-round level of attractiveness on that food plot. Yeah, hey, David, we got to take a break. Can you stick around? we got more to ask you. You bet. Hey, we're talking with David Morris. Of course, he's the host of Tecumani Whitetail Nation on Outdoor Channel, Sundays at 2 o'clock Eastern Time. That's right. This has been presented by My Outdoor TV. Stream on your favorite device or download to watch anywhere, anytime. My Outdoor TV and MyOutdoorTV.com. Mr. David, to learn more about you, Tecumani Whitetail Nation, 
everything you have going on, sir. Where can we find you online? You can find us at uh, techamoneyproperties.com and techamoney.com. You bet. Hey, more David Morris right after this. You better stick around. The Revolution with Jim and Trav. Remember, no one will ever love you more than Jim and Trav will. Wow, that's pretty creepy. Call the boys now, 785-846-7647. And don't move. The Revolution will be right back. They may be Insta-famous. I developed Instagram to post my outdoor lifestyle. But can they hunt? I walk in. I just go straight into a competition. To win for a lover likes, you get points by doing challenges and the biggest buck by score. Let the Hunter Games begin and may the best woman win. Martin is my thing. Makes me so angry. For Lover Likes. <laughs> Season premiere April 2nd on Outdoor. Outdoor adventure and great eating go hand in hand with all of our High Mountain Seasonings jerky kits, snack and sticks, buckboard bacon, finishing sauces, rubs and shakers, marinades, and more. Go to HIMTNJerky.com or call 1-800-829-2285 today. Thanks for tuning in to The Revolution with Jim and Trav as we talk the off-season grind. Now, let's rejoin David Morris, host of Tecamati Whitetail Nation on Outdoor Channel, Sundays, 2 p.m. Eastern. Brought to you by High Mountain Seasonings. Visit them to spice up your wild game cuisine at HIMTNJerky.com. This is part two. Hey, we're back. We're talking off-season grind on this week's show. And, of course, before the break, we had David Morris on. He is the host of Takamani Whitetail Nation. Now, we were talking about an 80-acre food plot, but I want to take you somewhere else. I want to take you to northwest Kansas, where we live, and we have a 125-acre CRP track that runs up this little old valley. Now, uh-huh. over the last 18 years, most of our animals have been shot in like a 30-acre area. Okay, at the very end, which puts you right in the middle of four sections. Okay, but the problem is, and I think a lot of people run into this, the guy that owns the land uh, runs cattle on it through mid-October. Doesn't give us a whole lot of time to be able to uh, grow anything. What do you suggest we do? Well, Kansas is a, a relatively unique hunting environment in terms of the deer patterns up there. I've, I planted up there where you live, and and those deer tend to run those creek bottoms up there. That's a major corridor for them. It's a major, major travel corridor. But now what, what you can, Jim, as you well know, you can bait in Kansas. And one of the options you've got if you're running cattle is just to fence in some small areas that you can keep the cattle out of and and use bait as an attractant so that those deer once again incorporate your property into a travel route that they make. Now, people may cringe at baiting from the standpoint of shooting deer there. Uh, what I'm talking about here now, and 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 certainly people shoot them on bait, and, and I do too in some cases because that's what you have to do. But what I'm talking about is habituating them, if you will, acclimating them to include your place into a travel pattern. And if you have a bait station or feed station on your property or two that these deer incorporate in their regular travel routines, and those deer up there travel a long way, deer in in Kansas and that open country quite easily can travel 
eight or ten miles. I mean, from one, from one end of their range to another easily can be ten miles. These deer travel up there. They cover a lot of country, relatively low density, uh, and they move from food source to food source. But supplemental feeding, or in this case, a feed station or two, and then you set up your hunting strategy so you got shooting lanes so that you can see what's moving through your property. But a feed station will help deer over over time because you're going to be hunting five or six year old deer. You want those deer for four or five years to have included this into a travel area because what they'll do is they'll come to those feed stations. They may not be interested in eating themselves. They will come and they will scent check that location. And they check to see who's there. And and if that becomes kind of a social hub, a scent check location, they will incorporate that in their travel. And once again, that may give you an opportunity to make a harvest decision on those deer. Now, when we're looking to buy a piece of property, and if you're going to buy it strictly for hunting purposes, that is one thing. But if you're a family man or you know, a family woman, and you have a wife, husband, kids, it is going to be a multi-use property. Does the size have to change if we still want it to be effective and manage the wildlife and also be able to play? I would think there would come a point in time if you go too small, you couldn't necessarily achieve uh, what you truly wanted. So is size dictated by the use of the property well, in the end? You, you ask a good question. Um, well, first of all, when most families buy a piece of property, it represents a significant, if not a major, investment for that family, almost dictating that the family has to use it to justify the expense, which means, and I'm talking about using it on somewhat of a year-round basis, now, we're talking about buying versus leasing here. Mm-hmm. So when the when somebody comes in and buys, let's say, 100 acres or 200 acres, it, it represents the major investment. The whole family has to be a part of it. And so to me, that's one of the great things about management. There's always something to do on a piece of property the whole family can get involved in. But here, here's the problem. Activity creates a form of pressure. And if you have excessive activity on a piece of property, it is possible that you will hamper the availability or reduce the availability of deer on that property just because that activity keeps them pushed off. So what I suggest on that, and yes, acreage does matter. If you've got a small track and every weekend you've got a bunch of kids out there that are riding four-wheelers, you're not going to have many deer on it. <laughs> if you've got a lot of cattle on it and you decide that because I bought this, i got to put cattle on it, or I've got to do whatever it is that, that is contrary to deer usage, it is going to affect it. But what I what I recommend, we we're, when we buy or managing or consulting for people on small tracks, we tell them, that you have to have a low-pressure strategy on this property, particularly in hunting season. One of the things that you can do is you can block off a period of time where you don't have those kinds of activities that conflict with deer, like riding four-wheelers around on the property and maybe shooting a lot or, or whatever it is that you're doing. You have a hiatus on some of those activities that begins, let's just say, maybe in September, I like to have at least a month of relative quiet on a piece of property 
before hunting season starts. So deer can establish another routine, a regular routine on a piece of property. So you can do that. Now, the other way around that is to have a big enough piece of property, you can have both. Yeah. <laughs> now, and and that that is possible. But generally speaking, depending on the level of high activity and the amount of felt pressure the deer might feel, then, then that requires a pretty sizable track of land. Something, let's just say something around four or five hundred acres will allow you to have multi-use on that property. You may limit that high activity to a hundred acres to two hundred acres or, or, or fifty acres. A lot of times what I see, the activity centers around a house and water. Yeah. If they got a pond or a lake there. I mean, maybe it's ice, again, depending on how the property is set up. But if, if the property, if the activity can be limited to a part of the property and then a part of the property is maintained with relative quiet or low pressure, you can have both. But it generally is going to take a couple of hundred or more acres to do that. You bet. Hey, we got to leave it right there. We've been talking with David Morris. He's the host of Techamani Whitetail Nation on Outdoor Channel, Sunday afternoons at 2 o'clock Eastern Time. That's right. This has been brought to you by High Mount Seasonings. Visit them online to spice up your wild game cuisine at himtnjerky.com. Mr. David, just to get a glimpse inside of your mind would be a brilliant thing. It would be amazing. I would love that. I like to steal your brain and just pick it apart. Very scary. <laughs> All right, so Mr. David Morris, uh, if we want to learn more about you, Tecamonte Whitetail Nation, perhaps just ask you questions about uh, finding properties, some things we need to do, some things we need to avoid. Where can we find you online, buddy? Tecamonteproperties.com or join us on Tecamonte, uh, the box of Tecamonte Facebook is another popular platform that we, uh, we're on all the time. So either one of those places, we'll, we're there to answer questions. You bet. Hey, that was old David Morris. And coming up next is Tom Somerville, Super Duty Brand Manager at Ford Motor Company. That's right. But first, here is a tip from Mrs. Bunny. Mr. David, you are so awesome. God bless you. Thanks for coming on, buddy. My pleasure, guys. Always good to talk to you. Take care. Mrs. Bunny went viral. Ooh, I mean, she's avoiding the virus. Boy, she's a wild one. Mrs. Bunny is brought to you by High Mountain Seasonings. Put your bird to bed. One of the most surefire ways to kill a gobbler in the spring is to find the roost the night before. Use your scouting observations to key in on a general area where the turkey might be spending the night. In the evening, without spooking the bird, get within earshot and listen for wings flapping and light calling as the turkeys fly up into the roost for the night. Wake up early and walk in the cover of darkness and set up close to the tree. Call the Tom lightly after he begins to talk on the roost. If you let him know that there's a hen below in your direction, he will come and investigate. You know us, and we know everything about the outdoors. Connect with the revolution on social media and at JimandTrav.com. Stick around. The revolution will continue in a moment. We're discussing the off-season grind this week. Now, please welcome Mr. Tom Somerville, Super Duty Brand Manager at Ford Motor Company. Brought to you by Bass Pro Shops and Cabela's. Standing together for great gear, fair prices, expert service, and memorable experiences. Visit them at cabelas.com and basspro.com. Here are the boys. Hey, we're back. We're talking off-season grind on this week's show. Before the break, we had old David Morrison, and of course, he is the host of 
the books of Tecamonte. He's the host with the most, but right now, Jimbo! It's Tom Somerville. That kind of hurt my voice. Yeah, Mr. Tom Somerville, he is the Super Duty brand manager at Ford Motor Company, and we are going to be discussing the all-new 2020 Super Duty. It's brilliance. It's beauty. It's badassness. <laughs> uh, anyways, uh, Mr. Tom, how you doing, brother? Uh, I'm doing pretty well. It's been a while. I know it. So question, do you know the gestation period of a coyote? Uh, <laughs> man, I mean, that's a great way to start. Like, that is such a random question. And you know what? I'm here for it. Like, I, that's why I fully bought it. And I'm like, ooh, this is good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, the thing is, you guys have done so many improvements yeah. over all of the other trucks you've ever built since Henry Ford said, you know, I think we ought to do something. And uh, this new truck, I mean, it's got... Uh, Steel. That's it. Can you say that on radio? I don't know if you can say that, but it really does. <laughs> yeah. Uh, mix of steel and high-strength military-grade aluminum alloys. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hold on. That Superman okay? <laughs> yeah, exactly. They're titanium. <laughs> you get more of the end solution, right? Because you, you can reduce some weight there to make you a little stronger elsewhere, right? That's, that's the whole plan that we have. <laughs> yeah. Now, new for 2020 is the available 7.3 gasoline uh, V8 that cranks out 430 horsepower and 475 uh, pound-feet of torque. Now, there's been, I've been reading a lot about this, so much innovation, the time, the energy, the ingenuity that you guys put into this all-new gas engine. I mean, this is the beefiest gas engine in this segment of the market, isn't it? Yeah, it absolutely is. I mean, it's the largest displacement engine that you can get in the class. You know, and it's funny because you're, you're talking about innovation, but and it's an all-new engine we designed from the ground up, but it's also very old-school in design. I mean, it has, you know, Kamen block pushrod design, you know, forged steel block you know, it, it's old school in some ways. It doesn't have some of the technologies that you see in some other modern gas engines, such as turbocharging and so forth. However, we built it to be as durable as possible. Like we did over 3,000 hours of testing of it just idling, basically, to see how is this engine going to stand up in either a Super Duty or, say, an F750 medium duty that's delivering soda or beer to your local convenience store. So have to fill a whole wide range of capability across all of our trucks. All right, Mr. Thomas Overville, he is the Super Duty brand manager at Ford Motor Company. We have discussed the all-new 2020 Super Duty. This is such an incredible truck. Mr. Tom, to learn more about the all-new Super Duty, its capabilities, where we can get them, and how we can possibly order one for ourselves, where can we find you online, buddy? Ford.com, where you can just Google Ford Super Duty, and there'll be a ton of different links highlighting some of our capability, images, video, you name it. You bet. Hey, that was Tom Somerville, and he is a great guy, and we've got more revolution right after this. Mr. Tom, you're so awesome. God bless you. Thanks for coming on, buddy. Uh, thanks for having me, guys. Look forward to talking to you later. The Revolution with Jim and Trev. Don't worry. We sprayed the boys with a whole bunch of Febreze. So you'd want to get close to them. Log on now and take a sniff. JimandTrav.com. And don't move. The revolution will continue next. Introducing the new Yamaha XTR line of ATV and side-by-side vehicles, specifically designed for conquering extreme terrain. Now available at YamahaOutdoors.com. All XTR models are adventure-ready and come standard with exclusive off-road features like a factory-installed worn wench, special edition paint with color-matched wheels, and aggressive terrain. 
Terrain Tires. These special edition models include the Grizzly XTR, the Wolverine X2 XTR, the Wolverine X4 XTR, and the YXZ 1000R SS XTR. Plus, the entire XTR line features Yamaha's reputation for durability and reliability and are assembled in the USA. See the new XTR line today at YamahaOutdoors.com. The Yamaha XTR line, designed and built for unmatched proven off-road capability so you can realize your adventure. ATVs are recommended only for use by those age 16 years and older. Yamaha recommends an approved training course. See your dealer or call 1-800-887-2887. ATVs can be hazardous to operate. Always protect the environment and wear your seatbelt, helmet, eye protection, and protective clothing. Read the owner's manual and the product warning labels before operation. The Revolution with Jim and Trav present Real Men of the Outdoors. Real Men of the Outdoors. Today we salute you, Mr. Jim. Look who it is, it's Jim. With his endless supply of Tommy Bahama outfits, safari hats, and sandals. What were you thinking? I was going to change my name to Tommy Bahama. You think it looks natural, but it couldn't look weirder. Unless maybe it had a propeller. Oh, look at the freak. I do have new shorts. <laughs> well, I got Hollywood legs. Look, I, I like to wear shorts and a t-shirt when I record. Do you know that I have barbecue sauce on my knuckle? Yeah, I did lick it off. So once again, we salute you, oh grandpappy of the outdoors, Mr. Jim. I don't know if it was from yesterday or last week. It's the This is over. You understand? This is over. I've heard enough. Let's call it and go to lunch. Clear the room. This concludes the revolution with Jim and Trav. Follow the boys on social media and always at JimandTrav.com. Hey, what a great show this week on the off-season grind. And, of course, we had old Gordon Whittington, David Morris, and Tom Somerville with Ford. Mrs. Bunny, you had a couple tips as well. This was a good show. You betcha, boys. Hey, we want to say a, a big thank you out there to all of our affiliate stations or advertisers and everyone that makes the show possible, like Miss Bunny and all the folks here at the Revolution. That's right. Mrs. Bunny, last word. Disinfect your keyboard and your mouse and your smartphone with Clorox wipes. And then go to www.jimandtrav.com and hang out with us while you are practicing sheltering in place. I can't believe she incorporated that so well. Remember, national parks are open admissions free right now. Yeah, take advantage of it. All right, we got to get to a break. Stay safe. Stay healthy. We love you boys and girls so much. Oh, always hammer home firearm safety. We'll return next week. Peace out. God bless the USA. Left some bacon on a biscuit and let's go. We're burning daylight.